Good morning, Grace Midtown. I'm so happy to see you. What a great clip, right? I feel like it was epic. It's emotional. It's awesome. What it really plays into that I love so much is that um, when it comes to Christmas and what God does, you just really, it doesn't matter what is taken away on the outside because there's the thing that only God can do that becomes untouched on the inside. And I'm just so excited to get to be in week four of the Advent series with you. Um, my name's Caroline Chandel, and I'm a pastor here and just really excited to dive in with you for a few minutes today. I had all three of my kids in that performance, and so I... I'm trying to catch my breath, you know, like any parent knows you're watching from the sides with a smile on your face, hoping your child can just hang on a few more minutes. So we made it. Um, but today I want to talk about the making room for the new thing that Jesus is doing in your life right now. And making room isn't a foreign concept to us because we are all doing that in one way or another in this season right now. You know, you brought your Christmas tree out or went and bought it and you had to start rearranging the furniture to make some room for it. Or there's the decorations you wanna be just so in your house or some of you even make room for cooking. I do not, so I order things, but some of you have been doing a lot of baking and so you've had to make some room for that Christmas cooking you wanna do. But making room isn't only about the stuff that we're doing in the external environment. I remember years ago when I was pregnant with our first, um, and at the time, once people found out I was pregnant, everyone had advice to give me. It was like the minute that they found out what was going on, they wanted to tell me what books to read or classes to take or food I should or shouldn't eat. Or I mean, the list was just long of advice and opinions. And in the middle of that, I had a mentor of mine who gave me probably some of the best advice, both for that season, but I've really taken with it, with me from then on. And it'll sound a little funny when I tell you, I'll explain, but I just remember so clearly when he told me the words to watch the pool. He said, you're the lifeguard, so you need to watch that pool. And what he was talking about is that I was in charge and on watch of the internal environment that my child was growing in. And he wasn't talking about the organic food I needed to make sure to nourish myself with. He was talking about things like offenses and bitterness and unforgiveness. And he was saying, Carolyn, you need to be mindful of what you allow to remain in that internal environment as God's growing the thing that he's growing inside of you. And it really sparked something in me. Um, at the time, I had my hopes on this cute little rental home that I didn't get. And I was so disappointed about it. It was about eight months into my pregnancy. And so when I knew that I couldn't get the house I wanted to nest the way I really wanted to, it sparked in me that I could actually be preparing, though, for what God was doing in my life even still. And so it led me to actually go get some inner healing prayer. And I remember sitting down with these trained strangers, so to speak, who knew what they were doing and I didn't. And we just sat together and we just started to pray through my life. We prayed through areas that I needed to heal or forgive and what it led to outside of that was conversations and um, a healing journey for me and even um, offering forgiveness and, and reconciling in relationships in preparation for what God was doing in my life in that season. And we've been in this um, season for so for the last few weeks where we've been talking about being home for Christmas. 
and there's the home that, that we get to have in God. And there's the home that we have with one another. Last week, Rob talked about the home that we get to make with God in our present life. But today I want to talk about the home that Jesus makes in us. It's this unbelievable thing that as we follow Jesus, that he actually resides in us. And so entrusts us to carry him with us. And when I think about the idea of making room for the new thing that God is doing, I can't think of anyone better to talk about than Mary, who literally had God growing on the inside of her. Like when we want to talk about someone who pioneered what it meant to make room for God's new, it's Mary. And so I want to take, with you, take you to our scripture today. It's Luke chapter 1, verse 26 through 38. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. And God, we just uh, ask you now that you would open up our minds, our hearts, and our lives to receive the fresh word that you have for us today, the living word that changes us from the inside out, that we would walk out of this holy space carrying what you have for us differently today more confidently, more assuredly, because of what you do in this space. In Jesus' name, amen. So the first thing that we learn here is that Mary is greeted by this angel with the words that she is highly favored and that the Lord God is with her. And these words would have been in such contradiction to how the world would have spoken about her at the time. That as a Jewish woman, she had no legal rights. That being from Nazareth was as obscure as could be of a place. She was probably 12 or 13 years young. So we're talking... I mean, she's a young woman. So the people around her would not be speaking that she was this highly favored uh, woman of God. Mary was ordinary and unknown and unseen, but God found her and spoke his new word for this new time over her life. He said, Mary, you are highly favored and my presence is with you. 
Now, what verse 29 tells us is that Mary was greatly troubled by this, which on one hand, of course she was. There is an angel speaking to her. Like, would you not imagine how that would feel to be face to face with an angel? And um, in case you were wondering, a heavenly messenger speaking to a Jewish woman was truly as unprecedented as any of us would guess it to be. Uh, but on this, the other side of it is that Mary was likely troubled because she also knew that God was speaking a word to her. And when God begins to speak a new word in your life, there's a choice to be made. And the, um, when God releases his new into your life, what I mean is that to take hold of that which God is speaking to you means to let other words and ideas, um, other senses or um, stuff that you've been carrying to let that stuff go. Because who God says you are and who the world says you are cannot simultaneously exist when they are in opposition to one another. And so to receive the word that God has for your life in this season, in in fact means to displace from your life all that that's in contradiction to it. And so how do we make room for God's new in our lives? You have to receive his word for your life. See, God's speaking about you and he's speaking to you about what he's doing in your life right now. But you've got to receive that thing. You've got to take hold of the thing that God is speaking to you. Um, and that requires letting go of all the words that have been spoken in other seasons or other contexts that do not align with the word God is saying for this season in your life. See, some of us in this room are taking hold as best as we can of the word that God is saying to us while still believing certain things about who we are that we're unwilling to let go. Maybe it's because of the one time that that one person said something to you. It could be of that specific moment that you're still holding on to that even as many times as you hear what God is saying about who you are, you still go back to that moment where that word was said, or that person discounted your God-given identity, or something was released in such a way that it's created a limitation for who you believe that God really thinks you are. But what I want to tell you today is that you cannot hold both. That if you are taking hold of the word that God is speaking in your life, you have to allow it to uncomfortably displace from your life any word in opposition to that. Especially the words that have hung on for far too long and become far too familiar in our lives and our stories that no longer align with what God is saying in this season about who you are. God is speaking his new word to you in this new season, but in order to receive it, you have to let some stuff go. And so decide over your own life, what is the voice? And who has the words to speak authority over your identity? Because here, this was the new day for Mary to receive a new word from God. God was saying over her in this moment, you are highly favored, Mary, which means things like being ordinary and unseen and obscure no longer were true. And when we receive the thing that God is saying over our lives, we have to clear some old stuff out. 
See, some of us in here need to step away or turn around from the, the label that's been put on you, the limitation or that oppressing word that you've just carried and you feel the weight of for far too long that you feel like, as much as I'm trying to break into it, there's still this word or there's still this label that's been spoken. And I'm not trying to discount how um, the process that that is, or the fact that there could be a lot of grief or hurt attached to that. I, I understand that. But I also know that you and I can't hold on to the old stuff of God, or the old stuff that people are speaking to us about while still trying to step into the new stuff of God, because some old stuff in our lives is actually holding us back from the new that God is wanting to do in this season. You are who Jesus says you are, but you have to let some stuff go. You have to allow his word in your life to displace what no longer aligns with who he is saying you are right now. Now what happens next is Mary is told what God will do. She has heard who she is and that uh, elevates her to now receive the word of what it is that God is going to do. Oftentimes, the who will precede the what when God is speaking to us. He'll stop talking identity long before he starts talking destiny. He needs to know who you are before he's telling you where he's taking you. And so in this moment, he begins to tell her about who, then the what. And what I love is what comes next. Because Mary is just as human as any one of us in this room. She's like, I hear what you're saying. I hear who you're telling me I am. But what I really need to know is how. Like literally, how does this happen in my life? And Gabriel, remember the angel who's standing before her, very simply tells her, the spirit of God is going to come on you. And he's going to overshadow you with his presence. And this right here is how we make room for the new thing God is doing in our lives. Because by the word of God over us, it displaces the old stuff out. But to do the impossible of what God wants to do, you need the spirit of God overshadowing you. Because the God thing that he is up to, you can't do without him. Without his presence and power in your life, it doesn't actually matter how much space you try to make for God to move because the God thing is the impossible thing. So it doesn't happen without the spirit of God on us and in us and overshadowing us. Now, what often happens in our life, though, is we may catch hold of that vision of what God's speaking, the big, impossible thing over our stories. And at first, we feel so exhilarated about it. We're like, come on, let's go. You know, like, I hear you, God. I'm tapped into this. Like, I'm ready to do this thing. But then time starts passing, and things remain unseen. And so discouragement starts settling in. And all of a sudden, you're like, could that really have been God? Could this ever really happen? And at this point, in most of our stories, we go one of two ways. We either head down the track of deciding that because it seems too impossible, we're out. I'm just going to prematurely give up on that thing that at one time I had a lot of passion believing God was going to do. And so we just decide that's too hard. It's too impossible. Forget it. I'm done. 
The other way that we can go is we can just decide, like, I am going to dig in all the more. And so with the thing that you're sensing, you're like, I if I just study some more, if I can just, I'm going to go to those things, I'm going to get the better strategies, I'm going to get the best ideas. Like if I can just get better in these three areas, then that thing which God said was impossible apart from him, maybe I actually can make that thing happen. And then we're just so exhausted and frustrated because we've tried all the things to make the God thing happen. But the thing is, is that you and I cannot force the impossible of God in our lives, nor can we figure out how to make it happen without him. Which means that you don't necessarily need more ideas or strategies in order for God to do the thing that he's going to do. Nor do you need to quit the thing too early because it hasn't happened yet. What you need is the spirit of God overshadowing your life. And he'll overshadow you your life, not in the areas of your greatest strength or or amazingness, your greatest ability or talent or gift. No, God will overshadow you in the ways that are most weakest and ordinary and unlikely in your and my story. See, God works in confounding ways to our understanding so that no mistake can be made and no reason can be given other than this was by God's doing alone. And so it's for God's glory alone. So how do we make room for the new thing that God is doing in our life right now? You've got to open yourself up for the spirit of God to overshadow you. And in a way that he will confirm not how capable you are, but in a way that will confirm how great and powerful and moving in the most ordinary of midst he is. Because it's in our most unlikely places of our lives and our stories that God's power moves and room is made and the spirit of God overshadows. See, God infuses possibility into your weakest place, into your most ordinary day into the part of your life that is like, there is no way that that could be except God. And Mary, she's a young, ordinary woman who gets overshadowed by the Spirit of God on her life. So there was no mistake made. This was God's doing. Well, I think about the idea of... um, with it that your and my life is meant to bring forth the impossible thing that God is doing in our lives. But it will most often be done where you and I are undone. If we could think of it that way, then the moments of our undoing, we wouldn't try to hide or or eliminate from our lives as much as draw into knowing, oh, this is the prime spot that God's impossible will move. It's not when I'm out over here having all my lines in an order and all my things going just as I wanted. It's actually most often in the undoing of some things that the impossible of God has the space to move to do what he can so people start looking at your life thinking, oh, this, is, this has to be more than just you. This has to be the power of God in your life. That's the story we want our lives to tell. But in order to open up for the impossible God wants to do, we have to be willing to allow it to happen. Where we're undone. Because God's power doesn't promote your strength. But in your weakness, in your ordinariness, 
And you're never could that have happened. I didn't see that in their live places. God moves, his spirit overshadows, and the impossible happens. But for what? Like, why the word and why the spirit of God? You think about Mary's life. She has this word. She has this spirit. Like, why make, why make room? And what I found so interesting is what Gabriel specifically tells Mary in this story next. He tells her that as all this is happening, here's the what, here's the who, here's even the how, but you, Mary, will conceive and give birth. And in some translations, the word conceive is translated as you will carry. You will carry this child until the moment that it's time for him to be born. And so Mary has God's word of favor. Mary has the spirit of God overshadowing her for the task of carrying what it is that God has given her. And I think, isn't this the most present of tasks that she could have been given within this moment? Like by the word of God in her life, by the spirit of God over her, what she is tasked is for one more day to carry the thing that God has given her. And so it's like, well, what are you supposed to do today, Mary? I'm to carry what God gave me. Okay, that's awesome. But like, what about tomorrow? What's the different thing tomorrow? No, God asked me to carry what he's given. And what about a month from now? That's a lot of time from now. We're talking a lot of days have passed. What's the new thing then? No, I'm still to carry what God's given. I'm just going to stay in step with what God is doing day by day in the caring of the thing. Because one day things will change. But until that day comes, I'm going to stay steady in the caring what God has given And so we make room to carry what it is that God gives us. And there's a lot that we could say about carrying. And I'm not talking about a baby when I'm talking about it. But I know for a lot of us in this room, we're holding on to that thing inside of us that we have a strong sense is from God. And so what do you do when you have God moving on the inside of you in such a way? I'm thinking about the God thing, the impossible thing, the the dream in the seed form, the promise as a whisper, the vision you have for 20 years from now that you have this like tiny little glimpse of. How do you and I carry what it is that God gives us in this season? Well, I know a few things about carrying, and one is is that it requires us to trust by faith for what we have not yet seen by sight. See, when God has put something inside of you that he's asking you to carry, before there's ever actual evidence of it, there's a lot of invisibility and hiddenness and quietness to what it is God's doing. It's the hidden ground before it's the seen. And so what do you do when you find yourself in a place that you are carrying something, but even you don't have actual evidence of what it is that you are looking at or what it is that God's doing? Well, you keep carrying what God has given you. What I also know about carrying is that it often means that you will feel and sense what God is doing in your life long before another person recognizes it. When God is doing the new thing in us, We are the ones who feel it first. I remember years ago with my first pregnancy, you always remember those first moments of things. 
And I remember when halfway through the pregnancy, I started to feel the flutters inside of me. And it was just this incredible moment. And so I would be like to my husband, Mark, I'd be like, Mark, Mark, I felt something. I'm like, come put your hand right here. And he'd put his hand here. And I'm like, don't you feel that? And he's like, no, I don't feel anything, Caroline. I'm like, how could you not feel something? Because it was inside me what was happening. I was experiencing it. And so there was a season and time where I could feel what it is that was happening inside of me that he could not feel from being on the outside of that which I was experiencing. And listen, when God is doing something in your life, you are going to have seasons where you feel and sense what it is that he is doing and others around you may not feel it. They may not recognize it or or experience it. And so what do you do when you're in that place? You keep carrying what it is God's giving you. And what carrying also means is that the weight of the God thing on your life is on you. There's no transferring that weight to another person. There's no like sitting down, taking the thing off. I'm just going to have a break from that weight. No, when God is doing something in your life, it is on you to carry it. You feel the flutters of it, but you also feel the stretching and the growth and the discomfort of that which God is doing. And so what do you do when you find yourself in a season that it feels like the weight is on your shoulders for what it is that God's doing in your life and you're not able to really share the weight with another person? You keep carrying what it is that God's giving you. And this is exactly what Mary did. By faith, she carried that which God had given her. When no one understood, when no one could see, when no one knew what was happening, she continued to carry it. She, in fact, carried the impossible of God growing inside of her up until the day God said, it is time to release that which I am doing. And what she had was the word of God that made space in her life and the spirit of God overshadowing her, which made it all possible. And Gabriel's final words to her, to close it all out, after it's all been said, this is what he tells her in verse 37. He says, for nothing is impossible with God. In the Greek, what it actually is, is that no rhema, um, the spoken now word of God, that the rhema word is not unable to do it. Meaning that the word that God is speaking has his power in it to fulfill what he said. His power is in his word to do this. And so Gabriel was telling Mary, God will do this for you so you carry this. And I know for so many of us in this room today, you are holding on to what God has given to you by the word of what he's doing in your season and by the spirit of him overshadowing you. And what do you do when you feel like you are believing by faith for something that you have not seen before you? You keep carrying the thing. And what do you do when you're feeling and sensing it and no one else around you seems to have a clue what's happening inside of you? You carry the thing. And what do you do when the weight is on you and it feels like you are feeling the discomfort and the stretching and the growth of it? You keep carrying it. 
Because the promise is that the word of God will not return void over your life, that what God has purposed, he will finish. What I'm saying is that God will do this. In your most weakest places, in your most ordinary days, in you, he puts his word and his spirit so that somehow through your life, you carry Jesus with you so that you can give of him to the people and the places around. Do you see that Jesus makes home in us so we bring and carry him with us where we're going and that the thing that he's doing in our life is then the thing that we get the honor and privilege of getting to carry for as long as he says it's time to carry it until one day he says it's time to release it, time to give birth the thing that I've been doing, hidden, quiet, unseen. I'm going to invite the band back up. I want to talk quickly about Mary's final words here. Those were Gabriel's final ones, but this is how Mary ends the whole thing. She says in verse 38, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. And so Mary's final response in this moment is a, may it be, let it be, that everything that God has purposed and planned for my life, I want my life to tell those stories. And what she does, actually, is she steps under the purpose and plan of God over her life. And so with the Spirit of God on her, overshadowing her with the word of God speaking to her. So she speaks her yes. Yes, I will serve. Yes, I will trust. Yes, I will carry what God has given me to carry today and tomorrow and the next day and the next day. As long as the Lord tells me to do this, I will because I serve him. And so what he gives me, I will carry. I'll carry it. And I want to spend some time as we close up um, having some ministry moments in this space. I'll invite you to stand. And we're going to enter back into worship. But as I was preparing today, I really just sensed that I don't want to end it here. I really want to hold some space for the Holy Spirit to work in this room and to work in your life. There's a beautiful thing that happens when we're in corporate environments and get to stir in what God's doing together. And so I don't know how you best enter in, but you can close your eyes, you can get on your knees, you can sit down, stand, whatever works best for you to engage with God in this moment. And the first thing I wanna invite you to do is to give thought for a moment to what are the old words that you have held on to for too long? Sometimes they can be an added weight that we're not meant to carry on us. Sometimes they're more like a tether that just holds us back from running far into the thing God wants us to do. And so I want you to give thought to what is the word or the words. Maybe it's something someone spoke that one time. Maybe it's a word woven throughout a lot of seasons that feels like it just gets hit on that same note again and again. 
but it's not adding life to you. It's actually taking away from what God's wanting to do. And I want you to see for a moment the Holy Spirit coming and releasing the hold of that word by the power of Jesus in your life. Right now, I want you to imagine that you are being set free by Jesus of that which has held you back for far too long. Now I know some of us in here need a new word, even if it's the same word of what you're hearing from God right now. It may be that God is speaking the same word that he is speaking, but some of us need the new word or the next time of hearing it again from you, God. And so right now, I want you to open yourself up to hear what is the word God is speaking. This was a new time for Mary, for a new word from God. And if you need it, I even encourage you, like throw a hand up in the air. Like I am open and wanting to grab hold of the word God that you are giving me. Like I am clearing the stuff out. I'm opening myself up and I'm saying, would you speak over my season? Some of you, it feels like it's so frustrating right now. You're just doing circles and you need a breakthrough. And so right now, God, in this space, would you speak a new word that sets people free to soar again in you, Jesus. We're talking about Jesus being at home in us. And so I want to also hold space for those of us who Jesus isn't at home in you. What a better time than right now to receive the saving grace and life of Jesus that changes everything of your history and your future and your family's future from this moment on. Jesus at home in you changes everything. And so if you're someone who's like, I just want you, Jesus, to be the Lord and the Savior of my life, to make your home in me from the inside out. And so renew me today, Jesus. I just want you to open up and receive him and start asking him to make home in you. I don't know what you walked in with today, but I know you don't have to carry it out of here. That's the power of God in a moment, that something you may have held on for a season can be gone in an instance because of the power of Jesus. And so the last thing that I wanna pray for is the power of God in your story. Mary could have never done this on her own, but by the power of the Holy Spirit overshadowing her, the biggest, most impossible thing of God was made possible. 
And so right now where you find yourself needing the power of Jesus to do the thing that you cannot do, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would pour out your power on your people. And if you want someone to pray for you, I just want you to raise a hand and open yourself up. We have staff in this room who will come find you, or maybe someone's around you, you can just lay a hand on. But there's a moment as a body of saying, hey, we're stepping into the power of God in our lives and stories, because there's a story that the world tells us or your family's told you about who you are, or what's possible. But then there's the God story of what he's doing in your life. And some of us don't need the vision for 20 years from now. We just need the next step infused by the power of God for our lives. And so if you find yourself where you're like, I need some power again, God, I can't do this on my own. I can't arise anymore. I need the Holy Spirit power. I pray right now in your life that you would receive the freshness. And if you have someone around with a hand raised, I'd really encourage you to lay a hand on them because as a community, we can step into a moment of ministry together. Maybe you have some power from Jesus in your life you could give into someone else's. But I just wanna speak over you for one more minute that the words that have held you back for too long are done in the name of Jesus. And that I declare by the power of Jesus that it is a new day in your life and your story, that there's a new narrative God's writing over your future. And that as you make space for the word of God, the power of God will transform the weakest parts of you. You don't need to get the message of having to pull yourself together. You don't need five more steps about how to figure it out. You and I need the power of Jesus in our life. And so Holy Spirit, right now, as we enter back into worshiping the name of Jesus above every name, who was the most humble to be born as a baby, that somehow through his life, we would be set free from sin and darkness and shame. We worship you, Jesus. We align our thoughts to you. We open our lives to you and we say that your power can do the most impossible in our lives and our stories. And one more time, I just wanna tell you that what's been done or it's what's been said that's held you back is done in the name of Jesus. I just feel it over someone's life today that you are being set free generationally from some stuff because that is what God does in our life. And wouldn't it be like him that as we worship him as a baby in a manger, found in the most unlikely place that somehow in the most unlikely places like us of his story, he would do the God thing. Impossible is your story in God's kingdom. So open yourself up, receive the dream, receive the promise, receive the word. And Holy Spirit, we ask you now to change us from the inside out in this moment in Jesus' holy, holy name, amen.